Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You want your Burt Show in one full show every day, uninterrupted, and dang it, you don't want ads. No problem. Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Abby thinks bachelorette parties have officially gone too far now. 100%. I'm shocked at some of the things that my friends have gone through on Mm -hmm. bachelorette parties. I've kind of started to realize that going on a bachelorette party is a little bit like getting ready for the Girl Olympics because there's so much (laughs) that goes into getting ready for it. Like, we have mood boards, we have color schemes, we have themed nights we have to prepare for. I mean, I told my eyebrow lady, I was like, you cannot screw up my eyebrows the week of the bachelorette party. I cannot go in looking like a fool with all these other beautiful girls who have these... Pinterest boards for every night. I mean, it's really insane. Just another plus on being a guy. <laughs> right. I mean, any bachelor party that I went to, and I've gone to quite a bit, probably half a dozen, it's like, all right, Vegas, meet us at this hotel. We're all checking in at 4 o'clock, and then you wing it for the entire week. <laughs> there's it. no plan. There's no itinerary. There's no Pinterest board. <laughs> it says you show up, start drinking, and start making bad decisions. Whatever happens, happens. Yes. Sounds so relaxing. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun, but it, it is a lot. And so I'm one of the maid of honors for this bachelorette party. So I'm essentially the captain of this bridal team. And I got to be honest, I'm doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> the captain of the bridal team. Okay. I'm keeping everybody in line. I've got uh-huh. our game plan set out. I've got like a PowerPoint where everyone's got to be at the specific time. We are ready to take down the, the team that we're not going up against, but we are, going, we are going to win that weekend no matter what in Rosemary Beach. You are competing against time is what you're doing. I'm competing against okay. myself, really. Okay. <laughs> like, how good can I make this? And so, um, you know, it's, got, it's all got to be a great weekend so the bride has a memory that she can look back on. And so while it's like a lot of responsibility. Right. It really is. And I, like me and my mom got in a fight about balloons yesterday. Like we couldn't decide <laughs> what shade of white, like should they be what? ecru or pearl? I mean, it's wow. it's getting to be a lot. So while I've been on a lot of bachelorette parties before, I've never like run one. I've never been the maid of honor. I've never been in charge and responsible for basically the happiness and the memories that these people are going to make. It's a lot of pressure. So yeah. uh, in the bachelorette parties that you've been at, has there been one person, one Abby, that is generally as organized as you are? Oh, yes. There and, is. And so in my mind, I think I'm mentally competing up against these girls. The past maid of honors that I've been around where they have done such a good job and people have been so grateful for the work that they've done and the, the amazing memories that they created. So I'm like, you know what? i got to step up to the plate. <laughs> Some of them in like the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You don't know it, but there is one. I didn't realize. It's in Vegas somewhere. <laughs> I didn't realize there was so much work in a bachelorette I party. Either. I figured you guys all just like showed up, put your penis noses on and went, Oh, no, no, no. There will be no penis noses at this bachelorette. She has been very specific. She's like, this is coastal grandmother themed. It's going to be last toast on the coast. And so I've been trying to make sure that it's going to be a good time. So I've been asking other maid of honors and people who have been on bachelorette parties recently because as like TikTok has taken off, the pressure has gotten even more intense because you got to post the videos. You got to take the TikToks. So I was having a conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago about a bachelorette party that she went on in, I think it was like St. Croix or something. I said, girl, like the photos were so beautiful. It looked like you guys had an amazing time. What are some of the tips that you can give me to make sure that this bachelorette party is going to be a success? And instead of getting excited and telling me all the fun things that happened on this bachelorette party, because it did look amazing. I mean, they literally went to St. Croix. She looked at me and she goes, Abby, 
this is one of the worst decisions I have ever made <laughs> being a part of this bachelorette party. I was like, what did you mean? And she goes, well, the bride who I love and adore and been friends with for years threw us all a curveball and wanted to do the bachelorette party the week before the wedding because the wedding was also going to be in St. Croix. Mm. So instead of having two separate weekends, the weekend before the wedding, the bride asked everybody to spend the bachelorette party at this very expensive luxury resort in St. Croix that they were going to stay at for the wedding. So basically everybody was kind of forced to stay seven nights at this luxury resort. And I think the bill ended up being like $6,500 for the whole week just to stay there. What? And I was like... For each person? For each person. $6,500 for the week for a bachelorette party? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Because they had to stay for the wedding. And I said, well, why didn't you like go to a cheaper resort for the for the days in between because the bachelorette party was only three days and then the wedding of course is only one day and she goes the bride wouldn't let us she was insisted that we all stayed in their block of rooms that they got because that's what you get for a wedding you get you know 15 20 rooms or whatever and you ask everybody to pitch in and, and stay in those specific they better rooms they ever get divorced <laughs> that's right? what ever. I said that's yeah. a, is that not an outrageous amount of money to ask somebody to spend for a bachelorette party it is absolutely right. outrageous and to me the math says, especially when you're asked being asked to be in somebody's wedding, you're essentially asking me to give you a $1,500 gift or however much it's going to cost for me to be in the wedding. Mm-hmm. You're asking me to spend XYZ amount of money to be a part of your day. And then I was at a bar this weekend and the same thing happened. I walked up to this group of girls that I was meeting, a couple of new people I hadn't met before. One of the girls was crying when I got to the table. I was like, nice to meet you. You're okay. <laughs> and I asked her what was wrong and she said that she had just gotten a Venmo request for $3,000 for a bachelorette party that she was on where she had to pay for her own goodie bag, uh, the bride's food, the Airbnb. Dang. It, it's ridiculous what people are asking nowadays. I don't think I love anyone that much. Uh, I mean, <laughs> either. So I, my love stops at about, I don't know, $2,000. That's my cat. That's my love cat. So I'm very proud of how we're doing it. We're yeah. going to make it an experience for the girls as well. They're not going to have to pay for the goodie bags and we are paying for the Airbnb as well. So everyone can just show up, get drunk, and have a good time. Amen. So I was just looking it up because that number just seems so astronomical to me. And it is. The (laughs) average cost of a bachelorette party... Uh, this year is $1,300, which still is a lot of money for most of America. Yeah. That seems like a lot of money. I don't think I've spent $1,300 on a bachelorette party, except for maybe this one. <laughs> I guess if you're going to another city and then you got hotel costs and everything else, man, the whole thing up. is a damn racket. Yeah, the is. whole industry is a racket. It's ridiculous. Just go to your local dive bar and take a couple tequila shots. It'll I, be fine. Well, I think that is a great bachelor party. <laughs> I, I really that. do. You know what I would really love like for a bachelor bachelorette party? Just a damn day at the beach. <laughs> That's all I want us to do together is hang out and drink on the beach. And then, you know what? Let's get married later on that night. And then we'll go back to the beach. Just to put that $1,300 in perspective for you, if you make minimum wage at seven twenty-five, dollars that's 179 hours worth of work. Damn. Or seven straight days, 24-hour days of work just to go on that bachelor. <laughs> nope. You better really love that friend. Really love that friend. I'm thinking about it. The Burt Show. All right, this is uh, directed mostly at you here, Abby, because you're the one on the show that's on dating apps. You're out there dating. You're out there grinding it out on those first dates and hating every second date. Um, (laughs) So I saw this on Reddit the other day, and I'm curious, and if you guys want to get in on this and you're single too, if you're finding this to be the truth and you got a couple of seconds, hit us up at 1-855-BIRT-SHOW. Are you finding that dudes are meaner now within dating than they were a few years ago? I think it's hard for me to answer that because I feel like I'm the mean one in the relationship. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little bit of a hard ass. So I feel like I've always given the guys I've dated a little bit of a hard time. I don't know that I would call them mean. I think alpha bro culture is a thing where maybe they're a little bit, there are, I don't want to call it unrealistic standards, but I do think you know, there's there's a lot of pressure to be like, you know, the alpha bro and you got to get the hot girl and she's got to be a 10 and she can't make more money than you. So there are, there are things like that, but I don't know that I would call that mean, maybe just particular. All right, so let me read from Reddit here and stop me when you want, okay? okay. And again, if you're single and you're experiencing this, like dudes are just like, just more, they're just meaner now. Uh, then hit us up. I've been single for about a year and a half, and I've noticed the same pattern happening to me over and over, in that it's I'll meet a guy who's completely obsessed with me, 
compliments me all the time. Didn't you call this love bombing? No, because no, love bombing is manipulative. He might just be really excited to see you. What's, so what's the difference? The, it, manipulation. So if he's doing all of this to get something out of you, whether that be... Um, piano playing or if he's trying to really lock you down and then he flips the switch once he gets that that's mm-hmm. what love bombing is okay uh he wants to see me all the time etc we hang out everything is great looking promising but then after about two months they're not only become super distant but they're also really mean for no apparent reason mean okay uh it also always happens very suddenly without any warning I've had this happen to me like five times. The last guy I dated was super sweet in the beginning, initiating dates, and he was very attentive, remembering every detail I told him about me. Last time we hung out, however, he became super passive-aggressive and downright mean. Mm. You should think that this is only an exception and that he's probably just a douche, but it's... Had this, I, I've had this happen to me so many times. It's always the same. Guy likes me. We hang out, go on many dates, no fallouts or fights. Things seem fine. Then they become mean and proceed to ghost. I definitely think there's something to the two to three month mark. I always call it the 90 day free trial because usually, <laughs> because usually around 90 days is when. I don't want to call it the honeymoon period, but that's when kind of the initial excitement wears mm-hmm, off. And definitely. so you kind of see somebody for who they really are. And also usually around the 90 day mark, and maybe this is just my opinion. I think around three months is usually when something physical has happened. And I personally have always noticed there being a shift hmm. after that has happened. Huh. Yeah. I think she, it sounds like she's choosing guys that are not authentically interested in her. They may be interested in one thing or another, and then probably after they get it, they show a different side because they are not genuinely into her as the person. They are going after things, and I don't know why or what she's giving off that she keeps choosing that guy, but it sounds like she keeps choosing that guy. I think this three-month rule has always been there. I used to call it the crazy crown. Like, the crazy (laughs) crown comes on if you're a guy or if you're a woman. You can hide it. You can hide that crown for three months, and then for whatever reason, 90 days in, crazy crown comes on. The crazies are getting better though they, they hide it for a year or yeah. two now man and this is what doesn't make common sense to me like if you know how to act like a regular healthy person for 90 days why can't you just be that person <laughs> just be consistent with it alexandra here agrees with 90 days hey alexandra hey uh i have a story for you about that um i dated a guy for about three months i basically agreed to meet his family um then i found out that i had to have surgery didn't have enough PTO to do both, so I told him that I couldn't go and meet his family. And he flipped out on me, completely flipped the switch. I ended up breaking things off with him. And in return, I got a 21-page printed book of why I'm a terrible person in the mail. What? <laughs> this guy? Hold yeah. on a you second. Know, I, I kind of admired the commitment. He <laughs> really committed to the bit. 21 pages, like all typed out and like binded and stuff to tell oh, you no. how terrible you are? It was bound. Yep. It was bound and printed by a company. Yes. What? Wow. This so, man have a job. What's, <laughs> what was the number one thing that stuck out that he said made you a bad person? Oh, he called me schizophrenic. He called me um, manipulative. He told me that I didn't care about animals or the planet because <laughs> my apartment didn't recycle. I mean, he wow. told me that I wasted food because when he came to visit, I meal prepped for him. You name it. I He just... Three months in, I was not the same person I met. Did you read the entire thing? <laughs> Unfortunately, I did. Oh, yeah. No. Wow. Yeah, even if it's bad, it's still about me. <laughs> of course I'm going to read Showing it. I think I would have stopped around page two. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I don't really think I can say that I hate anybody, but even like my worst enemy, I couldn't write 21 pages of bad things about them. No <laughs> way. Maybe a video. <laughs> I'm making a pop-up book. <laughs> the Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. People are so weirded out about these Instagram stories from ex-NFL star Sergio Brown. So over the weekend, his family reported him and his mom missing to police. 
and they issued a missing persons report. They found his mom dead behind her home, but they couldn't find him. So he actually came out on social media yesterday and posted a few clips, which are um, very strange to say the least. Basically, it's not even on his regular Instagram account. He got on a different Instagram account um, with a different username and it sounds like a lot of gibberish, but the general the general thing that he's saying is that it's fake news. Uh, he thought his mom was on vacation, and he doesn't know what's going on. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. It has to be the FBI that came into my house on Bob Marley's death day with the 511 agent gas unwarranted. They kidnapped me twice from home, the Mayweather Police Department, right? Chris Cooper did it twice. Aaron Pepper was there the second time that it happened. It had to be the FBI or the Mayweather Police. I thought my mama was on vacation in Sinaloa. That's fake news to tell my damn face. Every time. You want to come to me? The Mayweather Police got to give me money. FBI had to do it. They got the power to do something like that. What's going on? That's fake news. Real quick question. What did he say? <laughs> he's saying the fact that his mom I, this is all basically just speculation because we obviously don't really know what he's saying because it's a lot of gibberish he's posting it from a bar um, oh. where sources close to the shade room they think it's at a bar in Mexico and he's basically saying it's fake news I think mom, I thought my mom was on vacation that, the, and then he starts talking about the FBI trying to come and kidnap him which is also very bizarre and then he also followed up that Instagram story with a joke about how he's going missing and how basically it's sort of like they're trying to find Nemo. So then he posted this other Instagram story where he tagged Sydney, Australia, which is where they found Nemo in the Finding Nemo movie, and goes on another gibberish rant. I got it. Dory is. It's P. Sherman, 42, Wallaby Way, Sydney. Oh my gosh. I can't. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Missing. This is traumatic. Lucky I'm not say a joke. So obviously very concerning considering we thought this guy was missing two days ago and now he's posting on Instagram all of this. None of it makes sense. Like he seems very unwell, essentially. You think the world's always been this crazy, man, and we just haven't known about it because we didn't have the internet. We couldn't see it like in front of us every single day. But you think it's always been like this? I absolutely believe that. You do? Social media has just shown us what has always been happening. That's what I believe. I agree. Yeah, it's a snapshot on, on to what's going on in the, the deep, dark parts of the world. Do, do you remember him from the NFL? Mm-hmm. I don't remember him. What's either. dude's name? Uh, Sergio Brown. He played for the Colts, the Jags, a bunch of different teams. Oh, that's but right. He's in he played for a bunch of different teams. People don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the View hosts are stirring up debate about whether you should treat your kids like friends. So Whoopi Goldberg and her co-host Sonny Hostin had two completely huh. different viewpoints on the matter. And I struggle with this quite a bit because... Um, Hollis is like my little buddy. He's like my little buddy. But I I love him too much for him to be my friend because I got to make some real tough decisions that he can't make for himself just yet, right? And I wouldn't do that for Mo, my friend. (laughs) Hey, Mo, just want to let you know I'm limiting your screen time. (laughs) Um, But I I think that I am really hoping that Whoopi's right and that there's a day that we really can be like friends, Mm -hmm. but... Not when they're this young. I, I completely agree with Whoopi also. And I make fun of my mom for this all the time because she used to constantly tell me, I am not your friend. I am not your friend. And then the moment I was an adult, it was like, well, why? why I don't feel like we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> You've been telling me for years. You're not my friend, mom. <laughs> You've been telling me what to do for the last 22 years. Exactly. But, I def- but you and your mom are very friendly. Yeah. I mean, she's coming this weekend and yeah. we plan on getting absolutely hammered together, which is not something I would have done with my mom when she was acting like my mom. And now she's, she's still takes care of me, but she's definitely more of a friend. So we'll be excited to drink some wine together. A 90s boy band is going on tour and it's not in sync. I'll tell you who on your next Eva's on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. We know the last thing in the world that you want when you're listening to a radio morning show is philosophical questions. So let's hit you with a couple of them right now. Um, Kristen left this one for us. Uh, She's out today. Uh, She said that she started to feel a cold yesterday. She was going to do the show from home today and then she woke up and she had no voice. So she's out, but she left us with this. All right, so this was on Instagram. We all have to answer this. You meet your 18-year-old self. You're only allowed three words. What are they? Mm -hmm. Three words to tell your 18-year-old self. 
Okay, that was just last year for you, uh, Abby. So <laughs> what, <laughs> what would you tell yourself last year? So for me, I was trying to figure out something that would be both hopeful and encouraging without being too cryptic. Because for me, I live in worst case scenario land and always think mm-hmm. the worst is going to happen. So I wanted to give myself something... <laughs> That would give a little bit like hint that like things are going to be okay, but everything I came up with um, <laughs> kind of, I could still spend to be worst case. Scenario. Can we dive into that for just one second? Yeah. So what's the defense mechanism there? So if you're, because it just seems so stressful to me to always think w- the common denominator in every problem is going to be the worst case scenario. Mentally, that would be exhausting for me. Well, my last name is Murphy. Like what can go wrong will go wrong. Like I just, <laughs> it's just naturally built into my DNA. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's maybe just me being kind of a naturally negative person and just, save that. <laughs> just I'm just constantly just living in a world of pessimism. And, and maybe if I think the worst is going to happen, then I'll prepare for the best. Mm-hmm. But I think it probably just comes down to the fact that I don't have enough free flowing serotonin. <laughs> that was well thought out. Apparently, that's not the first time you've asked yourself this question. Nope. <laughs> Have you found yourself like in in your past? Whenever you do things, something inevitably will go wrong, and that sort of trained you to be like, "Well, something is definitely going to go wrong, no matter what." Yeah, it's probably a trauma response to something, and something horrible didn't happen in my past. But I think being a perfectionist, you just and you're, you're nothing is ever good enough. So I think I, mm. I my brain just kind of is always assuming that the worst is going to happen because for me, the worst is literally anything less than my best. So I got this weird thing about like energy in the universe. And I I feel like if I go to worst case scenario in my head and I think it, then the universe is going to hear it. And that's what's going to happen. That's exactly what I think. And I I used to be the same way. I used to always wait for the other shoe to fall. I used to always think it's going to go bad. And then somebody one day told me it literally takes the same amount of energy, Mo, to think that things will go right or to think that things will go wrong. So just try to think that things will go right and see what happens. However, here's what I do connect with what you're saying in your Mm -hmm. philosophy. And Mo, I don't know if you're like this, but this is the way that I brace myself for sporting events. Every time my team is playing, I just know they're going to get their ass kicked that weekend. (laughs) So that's what I tell myself. And I'm pleasantly surprised when they win, but I want to brace for the loss before it happens. I do the same exact thing. (laughs) I go and prepare to lose every single week. Well, it can also be like a form of control. Like if you think that the worst is going to happen, you can prepare for it Mm -hmm. or maybe Maybe in some weird messed up way, if you think the worst is going to happen, like the universe will hear it and be like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because she she saw it coming. (laughs) You can't be you can't be disappointed if you expect the worst to happen. Right. You know, and I think if you're a perfectionist, like you say you are, Abby, and I think we have some similarities, like if you do something and something does go wrong, like I beat myself up. I'm like, I should have prepared for that. That was really dumb of me. Of course that was going to happen. How could I not Mm -hmm. see it coming? Yeah. So the words that I gave my 18 year old self were words that came to me in a vision when I was around like 23 and I was kind of in a low place at my old job where I was kind of like, everything sucks and I'm going to (laughs) quit. And I heard this weird voice in the back of my head because I hear voices. (laughs) Not, not all the time. But every now and then. Okay, so she's not a perfectionist. It's schizophrenia. I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just mentally ill. We are really learning a lot about that <laughs> over the last two and a half call, minutes. Call it the universe, call it Jesus, whatever. And the voice just said, don't give up. And that gave me enough strength to kind of make it through. And I kind of think that everything sort of worked out. So I would tell my 18-year-old self, mm-hmm. don't give up. So I'll do mine quickly because it's sort of close to what yours uh, are also. And that's um, things work out. You don't know when you're 18. You don't know when you're like in your early 20s also. But any major thing that has come in my life, I have been so stressed out about the outcome. And in looking back at it, yeah, it was stressful at the time. But you know what? Things work out. They're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Mine is in line with what you guys have said. And it's funny because things work out was also my other one. But then I landed on believing yourself. Because I, mm. that's what I think my issue was when I was younger. I just didn't believe that things would go right. I didn't believe that I was enough, that I had what it takes, to, and everything will work out in the end, so long as you just keep your faith and believe in yourself. So I think that would have been my message to me. Cass. Find your, uh, find your passion. Mm. So I feel like I was pretty aimless at 18. Um, and this was like, for those listening, like you guys, before the internet, before TikTok, before all this like opportunities to find things to be interested in. So I was interested in a lot of stuff, but I kind of just floated through college, like taking classes here and there. And I didn't have a real passion until my senior year and I discovered really photography. And I wish I had something earlier. I wish I had more direction rather than just kind of floating aimlessly. I know college is about Mm -hmm. finding yourself, but that's what I would tell myself is to really get out and search for your passion and focus on it. That's good. Real good. 
The Burt Show. Instagram now knows that I'm a sucker. <laughs> For sure, it is in some kind of algorithm. Like, this guy is into a deep dive into his health this year, so we're going to throw every possible scenario at him, <laughs> and we are going to milk him for every dollar he has. And for the most part, it's really worked very well. <laughs> um, this year, I've just kind of decided, like, you know what? I, I've worked out most of my life, gone to the gym and stuff for vanity reasons, and you just get to a certain age where you realize that crap doesn't matter anymore. You know what's really important? Not being in a coffin. So um, I've done a deep dive into my health, and there's just so many levels to it. So I'm taking blood tests and a sleep apnea test, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with some of my blood work. So I get this email the other day, and I'm wonder. I, I, I don't. I'm probably not going to do it because I just don't. I don't know that I believe in the science yet, and I don't even know that I want to know. But let me ask you, you guys, the same question: Would you do this? Dear valued patient, we want to express how you and your health are our first priority here at our practice. As cancer has touched each of our lives in one way or another, we want to be proactive in early screening for this deadly disease. This is why we are happy to announce Blank's recent partnership with Blank to offer a multi-cancer early detection test. Introducing the Blank and then they name it. It's an innovative breakthrough in early cancer detection that screens for more than 50 types of cancer, many of which are not commonly screened for today. With a simple blood draw, this test provides early detection insights that help you to be proactive about your health. Today, 71% of cancer-related deaths are caused by cancer not commonly screened for. When cancer is diagnosed early or before it has a chance to spread, the overall five-year survival rate is four times higher than when it's diagnosed later in the later stages. With this test, doctors have seen deadly cancers detected at unseen early stages, even when the patient had no symptoms after personal examination of the research and results, we're excited about what this cancer screening offers. Mm. Now, here's why I love this. Um, philosophically, I think that the medical industry in our country has it all wrong. I think that they wait for you to get sick and then they try to treat it. And I think that's really got to that's got to be tweaked in our country where they got to start telling you how to be healthy before you get sick. And I think we do a terrible job of that. So I'm on board. But as far as this goes, like unseen early stages, taking the test can really freak you out, can it? I don't think so. I think if you know anybody who's lost somebody to cancer, if you gave them the option that, hey, if there was a test that could tell you, let's say it was 10 years ago before you lost somebody, if you could take a test that could prevent that from happening, would you do it? I think most people would say yes. I mean, a lot of women do now with breast cancer and they get the double mastectomies. If it's genetic, um, what is it, the... You know the gene I'm talking about, the Angelina Jolie gene. Yes, I know what gene you're talking about. I just don't know the name. Yeah, I, f I forgot the name, but they'll do the genetic testing, and if they're predisposed, some of them will get a double mastectomy. But you have to be careful because there are there's a cohort of doctors who believe that some of these preventative screenings are actually dangerous because they will make you go in for procedures that you normally wouldn't have. That's and what then, I'm nervous about. Yeah, the mm. fat fatality rates or the likelihood of those procedures messing up. Um, and I mean, things happen. So you might have been completely fine, but you went in for a preventative procedure that went wrong. And now you are suffering mm -hmm. those consequences. And that's something my dad, who is a physician, has warned me about when I've talked about doing preventative screenings. Obviously, it would be more beneficial to catch the signs early and to know these things. But I don't know what it says about me. I don't think I would want to know. Is that what? Right? Yeah, I don't I think so. I kind of understand where he's coming from. I think I just feel like I'm too much of an overthinker. And if it wasn't a big deal, I wouldn't know how to just accept that it wasn't a big deal. Like it, it would be something I would constantly think about, and then I would probably make it even worse in knowing. I, I I just don't know that I would want to know. And I guess I'm becoming less trustful as I get older, also. So I kind of feel like. Look, are they going to tell you that you got a little something, something going on so they could put you on more supplements or put you on medications? I don't know that I trust the whole thing. Well, it's also that mentality, too. So if you do get screened and they're like, OK, well, there's a one percent chance you might have liver cancer in the future. 
like that is just going to sit with you. And I think there have been so many studies done on your mental outlook and how that actually does affect your health. So like if you're like a Mo and you're an overthinker and a worrier, him finding that out, like what if that actually mentally leads your body down a non-physically beneficial path because you're just worried about it. And then you can't live your life and fully enjoy it because in the back of your head, you're like 1% chance of living. (laughs) My mind would take that 1% up to about 90. Yes. Yes. You add two zeros after. They would tell me there's like a 0.01% like kidney cancer and I'm like I'd be like take it out oh my god <laughs> get it out of my body <laughs> take my kidney <laughs> hey Kenzie good morning you're on the bird show hi good morning how are y'all good um, thank you one other one other thing you have to think about and my friend just went through this um, she went up did a pre-screening because her family has muscular dystrophy in it and her doctor told her and she did check it out that before you do any kind of pre-screening, make sure you have your life insurance policy in place because if they detect even 1%, you will not be able to get a life insurance policy because you are at risk. Oh, damn, that's really good advice right there. Thank you. Thank you for that call. Wow. Yeah, make sure if you do it, you have all your life insurance (laughs) in place for to whomever you wanted to go to because you won't be able to get a policy. Great advice. I really appreciate you calling. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. The Burt Show. Ladies, there's good news for you guys. So, you know those unwanted D pictures that you're getting from time to time? Oh, right? yeah. How fun are those? Aren't aren't they always met? Do you meet them with, oh, this is really great. Oh, my God, yeah. When I get it, I'm like, ah! <laughs> the iPhone will send one of those confetti poppers. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you send congratulations, you get the D pic and then some balloons. It's great. We were talking about this a while ago. I um, know a girl who... Because I think we opened up the Burchill Book of Records. The quickest a dude has ever sent you one of those after you gave him the, your phone number. And she said she was sitting at a bar and she was vibing with the bartender and he asked for her phone number. She said, sure. She gives him her, uh, her phone number. He goes into the back room. As soon as he gets the phone number, goes into the back room, sends her a D picture from the back room. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> 30 seconds. Well, you can't. Away. <laughs> At least he went back then and gave an original. <laughs> right. It was fresh. It was fresh. Hot off the press. <laughs> so why am I even bringing this up? So if you have an iPhone, the uh, new iOS 17 came out this week, and there's a feature on it that will blur out sensitive content so you, ha- you can decide if you want to click on it or not. Oh. I'm not turning this feature on. You're not going I'm to? I'm not going Why not? to. Why? Because if he sends it, then I, I want I want to be able to send it to the group chat and we can all giggle. Ah, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> we can all have ourselves a good laugh. You can make you can make that decision yourself. Uh, it's a feature called the sensitive content warning, and it blurs all those photos. You know how like on Instagram, sometimes you'll get pictures in your DMs and it, it'll be blurred yeah. out and you mm-hmm. get to choose. Same thing with the new iPhone or the iOS, I should say. So all you have to do to update it is go into your settings, go to privacy and security, and just turn on sensitive content warning, and that eliminates the D-picks. Mm. That's pretty cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, Jackson has joined the Burt Show. He's one of our new phone screeners, and uh, he is Korean, and we all got to meet his girlfriend for the first time this weekend. And I did want to ask this, because we were just talking off the air, and I didn't want to say it on the air if it was really, really insensitive, so I asked him off the air if this feels accurate. Um, because his girlfriend looks just like Anne Hathaway, as white as Anne Hathaway, okay? <laughs> and he's Korean. And I've always sort of felt like with all races, I feel like it's more unusual for Asians to be with non-Asians than any other race. And I think you agreed on that. I think that definitely holds true, especially for Asian men. Um, Asian men tend to... I feel like in as far as the public goes, when you see people around, it's more rare to see Asian men with any other race with them. Um, as far as Asian women go, though, there's kind of this common trope that I feel like I've been noticing recently, which may have been a thing for a while now, where Asian women tend to date tall, skinny white guys. Um, it's funny <laughs> that like I would say 
almost all of my Asian female cousins are dating or married to tall, lanky white men. Is that right? Really? Yes. Really? Just a bunch of Timothy Chevrolet looking dudes? <laughs> Chevrolet. <laughs> exactly. If that's the way you want to put it, then yes. <laughs> is, it, is dating in the Korean community or the Asian community any different than any other community? I wouldn't say necessarily. I, I mean, I would say that there was some pressure growing up for me to find a nice Korean lady. And, like, that was always something that was kind of told to me, especially from grandparents and, like, my mom especially of, like, talking, hey, one day you're going to find yourself a nice Korean lady and you're going to make her so happy and all of this. Um, and I wonder if that's played into, like, some subconscious bias of me pretty much historically only dating white women. <laughs> but it might be playing in there somewhere. Uh, are dating apps complicated in this area? Dating apps have always been a grind for me. I have frequented all of the popular dating apps um, every single time that I've been single. And statistics have shown actually that Asian men along with black women are historically some of the least swiped on uh, groups of people that really? exist out there. Wow. Huh. Exactly. And so throughout my time since college, basically, where I've been on and off these dating apps, every single time I've been single, I've been, you know, on them a lot. And it's been tough, especially when I compare it to how I see my white friends uh, go through their dating apps. It seems like the difference is literally night and day. Uh, Bumble, for example, I've been on Bumble. I've been on Bumble a lot, similar to Hinge and Tinder and all the other ones. And I don't think I got a single date off of Bumble really? in my entire time on there. Wow. wow. Did some of your family give you some heat for not dating a Korean woman? No, that, that that's never come up. I feel like it's been more of like a subtle thing for like if my grandma has ever met like my um, my girlfriend before, maybe like a small sense of like disappointment, like, oh, man, like I kind of had wished. But no, no nothing outward like that. Huh. So I, I, I always find it interesting because um, dating outside of your culture, because I remember I think I told these guys that my mom was so liberal and it's just so liberal all the time, like love everybody, right? And then when I introduced her to my girlfriend who is from Guyana, black and from Guyana, she pulled me aside and she said, I just want to let you know you're going to change our bloodline forever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. I'm wow. like, I was floored. Yeah. Right? Wow. It's all cool until it's in your house. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, I, I mean, I've definitely heard similar things to that before. Uh, you know, my family lineage has been something that's been like very like a proud, a, a sense of a source of pride for me my entire life of like, you know, we date back generations like you. You have to be ninety nine point nine percent like pure blood <laughs> Korean, like, that kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, things have changed nowadays. Like yeah. it's, not, it's not so much like that anymore. Hey, if you're going to date my boy, take this 23 and me test. <laughs> that's exactly what percentage you are. <laughs> exactly. 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 They're like, you know, who you date has further implications than just yourself. Like, you know, my mom has told me a lot, like, mm -hmm. you know, the person that you date and the person that you marry is not just dating and marrying you. They're dating and marrying the entire family. So you have to you have to keep that in mind and consider that. I think that's what my mom was trying to say, but it, your mom said it in a way better way. <laughs> yeah. I might be censoring some stuff, too, but I'm not trying to throw it on blast. Like that. I get it. The Burt Show. All right, April wanted us to help her out here. She's in the middle of a mess right now. She went on a break with her boyfriend. He starts dating some people. She starts dating some people. And now that they're back together, she's like, I wonder if he's still dating some people. Hey, April. Hey. Hey. Okay, you wanted our help last night with to catch a cheater war of the roses to see if this dude would uh, send some roses to you or this other girl. Tell us what got us here in the first place. Like what the tension, how long you guys were broken up for on this break. And Abby thinks like the major reason is because it was so open-ended. I think so. I think if you don't have an end date to the break, then it just becomes very... It, it's just muddled and there's no parameters as to why are we doing this break and it becomes very unproductive. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that. And I think obviously I'm here, so you're right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, we a, a few months ago, we, we wanted to um, take a break. So we took a break for like a month or so. And um you know, our fighting just seemed like constant. And so, you know, we took the break, but like, and explored situations with other people, but you know, the universe like brought us back together. Like, you know, 
we just we kind of felt like that was going to happen but we felt like we needed to take the time but ever since we've been back together like i don't know i have this insecurity and a lot of jealousy which i hate feeling Mm -hmm. and you know there's been some whispers in our friend groups like little hints here and there that like keep feeding my doubts and you know he keeps reassuring me that nothing's going on but like every time his phone lights up with a message Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. It's just like can't help but wonder. My intuition tells me there's something not right. You know, mm-hmm. when, when you guys decided to take this break, was it, were there clear guidelines as to what the break would look like? You like we are definitely going to see other people, or was it kind of just like whatever happens, happens? I think it. You know, again, kind of like what you were saying. Like it was, it was muddy, and it was like we kind of said, like, well, whatever happens, happens. But. um I think deep down, I don't know. It's weird. It's like you want to take a break, but then deep down you kind of secretly hope the other person isn't dating other people. It's kind of messed up, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, it's an impossible competition, right? Because you guys have been dating how long? Uh, Like two years. Two years. Okay. So then you go on this break and there's somebody new and we we know about this phase, right? Where everything is so intoxicating. Everything he or she says is so new and so funny. And... You know, you guys are in a routine now after a couple of years where he knows you and probably is very, very attracted to you. But that newness, that intoxication of the newness is hard to compete with. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like it's it's a cycle. It's definitely an unhealthy cycle. But, you know, he did start seeing someone like specifically during the break. And, you know, I was generally okay with it initially. But now, like, sometimes I'll mention her in passing and like. I don't know. Like, it's almost better. It was, I feel like it would almost be better if I didn't know, like if he just didn't tell me, you know, because now like I feel paranoid about it. And like even, I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you're thinking that sometimes I, I wish that it's better off not to know, then you you, you picked a very bad time to call the bird show. <laughs> and do this because you're about to find out. Right. Unless you want to back out right now, you're about to find out one way or the other. No, we've already done it. We've already done it. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Okay. Abby, you want to take it from here? Because we did test them last night. Oh, yeah. So yesterday we sent a promotional email to the email address April provided us for her boyfriend. He was offered a free bouquet of flowers and was able to choose from several different options with pictures. In exchange, he was asked to share several promo codes for 30% off a future order with his friends and family. He was able to choose from the following bouquets. We have autumn spice this bouquet is filled with the warm colored blooms and twigs scented with cinnamon make her look forward to cozy nights by the fire with you as soon as the temperatures start to dip it might not feel like it now but cozy nights are right around the corner we also have spellbound a dark and dramatic mix of black roses queen of the night tulips and maroon calla lilies have her thinking of those late nights when you have her complete attention Wild and free, this perfectly describes her spirit, but also this medley of wildflowers. Show her that you understand her soul and you'll never try to tame her. Lastly, we have long-stemmed love. Two dozen long-stemmed red roses, the most classic way to tell your love that she's the only one for you. The first email, it was sent at 9.42 a.m. There was no response, so we sent it again at 12.33 p.m. And then... We received an order from him at 1.02 p.m. And he chose Autumn Spice. This bouquet is filled with warm colored blooms and twigs scented with cinnamon. Make her look forward to cozy nights by the fire with you as soon as the temperatures start to dip. It might not feel like it now, but cozy nights are right around the corner. And he is sending this to Alexis. Which is obviously not April. (laughs) I was waiting for a reaction. If it was, we would call her. We would have said April. Yeah. He set the delivery for Saturday morning to a residential address. The note on the card said, these made me think of you. Happy first day of your favorite time of the year. Dot, dot, dot. T. All right, so your instincts were spot on. And normally when we do these um, with women, especially like 90% of the time, your your gut instincts are right. You mm-hmm. look confused, Ma. I'm just trying to figure out if Alexis is the woman that you were concerned about. I think Tommy is going to say, that's not, is that or is that not her name, Tommy? It is not. It is not her name. Mm. But it's not the woman he was dating either that she knows about. Her name was Catherine. 
Oh, he's getting around. Oh, town. so this is a third. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> that I didn't understand. Yep. Okay. So Catherine was the the girl, the, the woman that you were concerned with? Yeah. All right, so. Well, good news. He's not seeing Catherine. <laughs> okay. Heavy. All right. Sure. Where does the darkness come from sometimes? <laughs> Just looking on the bright That's side. That's my role. Trying. Um, yeah, I mean, the bottom line here is that, uh, yeah, he's still seeing somebody else. So. Yeah. I'm sorry. Here comes Miss, Mrs. Okay. Brightside. What's up, guys? No, I'm like, if your gut told you he's seeing someone else, he probably is seeing Catherine, and I would get with Catherine and Ooh. let her know about Alexis. And then y'all can the other woman, like the movie, this situation. <laughs> or you can just walk away from this whole thing. I mean, he hasn't been honest with yeah. you. He's seen a couple of other women. You knew this in your heart, so just walk away from this dude. No, John Tucker must die. <laughs> <laughs> or that. All right, April, sorry about that, but at least you got some truth now. Keep your head up. Yeah, that's okay. Thank you all very much. I really appreciate your help. Oh, yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You wish we would have never done this. Thanks for saying that. regretting this so hard. <laughs> pretend it never You happened. deserve better. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. 98 Degrees is on a 25th anniversary tour, but nobody really knew because pretty much everyone is just talking about NSYNC, even though they have just gotten back together for literally a singular song that is going to be in a children's movie. So Nick Lachey was doing a recent interview, and he jokingly said that NSYNC was stealing 98 Degrees' is Thunder. A question. <laughs> I mean, it is your show, so go ahead. It was rhetorical. <laughs> um, is there just this much, a little, little percentage of just this much, when these boy bands are now men and they're still doing the same thing that they were doing 15 or 20 years ago? Is there just this much? That little, this much. This much what? This much what? But, uh, Cringe factor? Yeah. Okay, so admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, in needing to talk about the 98 Degrees tour that nobody knew was going on, I went to the 98 Degrees website, and I was looking at some oh, of the promo... Yep, yep. <laughs> and there, I was looking... <laughs> it's on AOL. Stop. <laughs> Someone submitted this to me on AIM, and I was looking at some of the promotional photos, and that thought did cross my mind. Not when I saw Nick Lachey because I do think Nick Lachey still got it going on. One of the members is wearing a fedora mm -hmm. and it just kind of ups the old man factor. I think the issue is, because you look at someone like Elton John who has yeah. a career that spans decades and nobody thinks that about Elton but I think he has adapted a little bit to suit his age. So I think when these mm -hmm. boy banders are still acting like when they were 18 to like 27 and doing the same dance moves as, because Justin Timberlake just got under fire for doing, uh, he was wearing khakis and did some dance on <laughs> stage and everyone's like, you look like a dad trying to be cool when JT was like one of the best dancers ever. So I think when they don't recognize their age and that's when it gets a little cringy, you I, know what I mean? I, yeah, I guess I just would, my ego would really fight the idea of just being an, a nostalgic act. Mm. Would your bank mm. account fight it, though? Because there are women my age willing to part with, like, our entire tax return. But all those dudes are already so rich, aren't they? Some of them, but not all of them. I think you have ones like Justin and you have, like, the Nick Lachey's who mm. branched off and did their own thing. Um, and then Backstreet, of course, like, they are probably the most prolific. But if you look at somebody like a Joey Fatone. Yeah. From NSYNC, I mean, sure, they, he he's been he has gigs. Like they're not poor, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't think they're rolling in it. Especially when you read about how some of their managers took advantage of them the first few years, and mm -hmm. they weren't making any money. Maybe the more broke ones should open for the richer ones. <laughs> they should form their own band. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Called, yeah. <laughs> the, bro the broke boys. <laughs> the, 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 bro the bitch. Bro broke streets. Back out of sync. <laughs> we'll fix your sync. <laughs> well, speaking of Joey Catone and him needing to get a check, we finally know why him and Lance Bass posted that video of them in Christmas jammies. Remember, remember we talked about this a few days ago. They had Christmas decor in the background, and it was Joey and Lance, and they were in Christmas jammies, and they knocked on the door, and they said, boys, we're here. And I thought it was going to be an NSYNC Christmas album, or maybe it was going to be a Backstreet Boys in sync holiday album 
crossover. It turns out it is none of those things. We are going to be extra cozy this year, this holiday season, because Joey Fatone, Lance Bass, AJ McLean, and Wanye Morris of Boys to Men and their families are partnering with the Children's Place for a par- for a partnership um, to create a whole line of Christmas jammies and stuff. And that's pretty cool. That and that's cool. so wholesome yes. and sweet. That's very cool. So you can be thinking about them this holiday season. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, because it's for charity. I'll take it, mm-hmm. but they are, they're stretching people's patience thin with these little teasers. Yeah, right. Especially yeah. online, like, mm-hmm. put up or shut up, <laughs> okay? <laughs> well, you know who's really going to be giving it to this holiday season? Hallmark. So they have really pushed through the strike because I'm sure you're thinking, oh my gosh, all the writers are on strike. Nobody can promote their movies. Hallmark really put things into overdrive when they found out that the strike was going to happen because they are bringing 40 40 all new original holiday movies to air on their network this year. They did not break any SAG after rules. They completed this all before the strike and all of these Christmas movies are kicking off as soon as October 20th with the movie checking it twice in which a in a in which a hockey player falls for a real estate agent in a career crisis when he's traded to her hometown and moves into the cottage that her hockey family Owns. Riveting. Riveting. I'm here for those movies, <laughs> but not before Halloween. October 20th, you said? No, that's spooky season. You let spooky... Thanksgiving, nobody cares about. Mm -hmm. Spooky season, (laughs) we protect it at all costs. November is the gray area. (laughs) YouTube is the first platform to punish Russell Brand for sexual assault allegations. Tell you what's going on there on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. She's getting pressured to get a boob job. And she is not happy about it. Cassie has got the email. Dear Burt Show, I've been dating my boyfriend for a year now, and over the weekend, he told me something that he'd like for me to do. Get a boob job. Hmm. I knew early on in our relationship that 99% of the women he's dated in the past had big boobs, which I do not. I'm a 36B, and evidently, that's not enough for him. Hmm. He wants me to get a breast enlargement, at least a D cup. I really love him, and I want him to be happy, so should I even consider this? It's definitely got me feeling a certain way about it. I mean, am I not enough? I even talked to my mom about it, and she thinks it's a terrible idea. She says if he loves me, he should love me for me. What do you all think? I'd especially love Cassie's take on this because I know she's talked about her big boobs before. Is my boyfriend a bad guy because he wants me to do this? Is he being shallow? I'd love any advice. Thanks. Jam. All right, my knee-jerk reaction is, first of all, it's a boyfriend. You're not allowed to make any kind of, per- mm. like, demands <laughs> or mm. even requests for somebody that you're not committed to in this area. Period. Carry on. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's definitely, you don't want to make a permanent decision based off of what could be a temporary relationship. He's your boyfriend. He has no commitment to you other than the fact that you guys have mutually agreed that you guys like each other and want to continue seeing each other. My friend was actually in this exact situation, but with her husband. And I actually tried to talk her out of it unsuccessfully because I knew that if she was getting it done, it wouldn't be for her. And I told her, I was like, this is really going to affect your body image. I know that's something that you struggle with. And if you add more to you, I really think that's something that you are going to battle moving forward. And I think it's not a good decision to make based off of something that your husband wants. Um, she ended up going through with it and she loves him now. But I, I don't think it's something that you should do unless you genuinely want to mm-hmm. because you have to live with your body for the rest of your life. I completely agree. You shouldn't make a permanent change for what could be a temporary situation. I mean, if this is something that you think you'd enjoy and you would want, then I see no problem with you going through with it and, and it being what it is. But I don't think this is something you should do for him because if anything, it can grow into resentment in a lot of different areas. She wanted your advice more than any. The audacity of a boyfriend asking you to change your body like this, I would drop him like a hot potato. How do you really feel? Yeah, I, you're done. You're done. <laughs> See, here's the thing. If you want a, a breast augmentation, like, go for it. Like, that will make a lot of people who feel not confident feel more confident. I don't think they're necessary. And as someone with big boobs, though, I can tell you the grass is not greener on this side. Bras are more expensive. There's a lot of back pain, and your clothes don't fit right. So that's not fun. But D is not like as huge as I am, right? But it's a good size. But if you're not wanting it and you're sitting here having this debate, think about it. If you guys are end game, if you're long term, mm-hmm. what's going to happen when you get older and you age and you don't look the same? Mm-hmm. When the boobs start to sag, when other things start to sag and you get wrinkles, are you really going to spend your life chasing youth to keep your boyfriend happy and interested in you? 
There's nothing wrong with changing your body physically if it's something you want to do. But when you do it for a partner, you invalidate who you are at the moment. And then you're never going to feel secure in the relationship because you're always going to be wondering, what is it about my body he doesn't like now? My other question is, who the hell is paying for this? A, a boob mm-hmm. job is like, what, $10,000? So is he coughing up this cash? Are you having to go into your savings that could affect your future too? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't ask people to change people. We wouldn't ask people to change what's going on on the inside, so I don't think we should be asking people to change on the outside either. The audacity to even ask. i got to be honest with you. I don't even know how you approach that. (laughs) But that would be, yeah, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. And the fact that she thinks this is coming from him dating uh, women with big boobs in the past. Like, that, for some reason, just makes it even more cringe to me. Mm. I've got a stupid question that I've always wanted to ask. Well, you're coming to the right place, buddy. (laughs) So, she's a what cup? She's a a B. A B. And... He wants her to be what? A D. D. Do they charge, and I'm totally serious when I ask this because I'm ignorant about it. Do they charge like the sizes up? So yeah. do you pay more for bigger boobs? Like uh-huh. if you got a C, you'd pay one level, a D, another yeah. level. Like if you get a monster truck and you get tires and you go for the bigger tires, they cost more. <laughs> Fair question. Sounds- some surgeons do. Do they? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't think it's across the board, but if you think about it, you would have mm-hmm. to pay for more material mm-hmm. to fill that that area. So some, I know some do, but I don't know if it's an industry standard thing. Yeah, that's what I asked about, uh, honestly, about my dad's ashes. I told you guys that. I mean, it was stupid <laughs> amount of money. My dad was like, when he passed away, he's like five foot two. And I'm like, would it cost me the same amount of money if Shaq passed away? And they said, yes. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. That is a biggity sits. <laughs> uh, good morning. Good morning, Suzanne. You're on the Bird Show. Hi. Good morning. Love you guys. Thank you. Hey, um, th- t- please tell this caller um, or the girl who co- wrote in mm-hmm. to look into breast implant illness. It's real. I had an augmentation about 13 years ago. Ten years into it, I got incredibly sick. Went to specialist after specialist. After, and nobody could figure out what was going on. Everything said I was fine. I was becoming um, bedridden at the point. Finally took him out, and from the moment I woke up from anesthesia, it was like a miracle. Like, mm. everything went away. So I would just have her look into it. I would also have her um, look into MTHFR, which is a genetic gene that um, can contribute to women who end up with breast implant illness. Um, all these things, do your research before you do something so drastic because it may be fun now and it may be great for years, but at some point in time, it could really, really uh, be detrimental to her health. Appreciate you calling. And on a more superficial level, just to wrap this up, Nicole, good morning. Tommy asked the question, bigger boobs equal bigger money when it comes to breast augmentation. Yes, that's correct. That is correct. So there's a sliding scale. You want Bs, you're going to pay this much, but you're going to pay Ds, it's going to be more. Can I donate my boobs to somebody who needs them? Like, just get it. Like, if I, will I get paid if I get a reduction? Be going to a good cause. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Nicole. It's the Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. What you doing on Saturday? Because you ought to be hanging out with Abby. Come hang out with me and drink mimosas. I'm so excited. I'm throwing my first live podcast event for the Breakup Breakdown. If you haven't heard of my podcast, it is like the juiciest breakups you've ever heard. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about one of the scariest breakups that I've ever heard. It was an episode that I released yesterday about a woman getting kidnapped and then her ex accused her of bigamy, which is basically him accusing her of getting married when he says they were already married. It's a lot of drama. So if you love like little small town tea this is the podcast for you and on saturday we're actually getting together at five church in midtown we're gonna have a little brunch and we're gonna be spilling the hot gossip on somebody's breakup yeah what are you what else are you guys gonna be doing you got food going on there you got drink going on there and then what else lots of drinking lots of dancing okay. you'll probably be seeing me twerking after <laughs> everything's done Wait, when you show up at noon which is when it starts i'm gonna be so classy i'm gonna have my cute little outfit on be shaking hands kissing babies taking photos and then around a tw- like one 145, you, scary Abby is going to come out. Uh, it is going to be litty. Dark Abby comes out. <laughs> Admittedly, I'm really nervous. So when I get nervous, I tend to over drink just a little bit. So um, you may see a side of me that I'm not ready to share. <laughs> you you in danger, girl. Let me warn you. Because Kristen and I will be there because we're, we're so excited to see you. But I have done a live podcast tra- taping and I drank too much and it will haunt you forever. Mm. So I'm just going to issue that warning. Please do it.
<laughs> Stop. Go for it. You need the memories. Yes. I'll probably take a shot before I go on stage just yes. to kind of loosen things up because even because when I do get nervous, it's almost like it counteracts the effects of alcohol. <laughs> so I just become sort of like a normal <laughs> level of <energy. laughs> right, Where can get, uh, people get tickets? So right now, if you go to my Instagram at the Abby Murphy, I have six tickets left for the event. It's in my bio. The tickets are $50, but it includes an all-you-can-eat brunch buffet. If you have dietary restrictions, don't worry. We can accommodate you. But we want to see your pretty faces there. Just on Instagram. On Instagram. But it's on Eventbrite. But the easiest way to find it, Mm -hmm. if you find me on Instagram, you can find the link. Okay. All right, Tommy... I'm a little bit nervous about doing this because I feel like Tommy's definitions of uh, celebrity sometimes are different than the rest of our definitions. I know of celebrity. more about right. celebrities and pop culture than anybody in this room. That's the problem. You do right. Uh, <laughs> that is true. Except yours sometimes are like I don't like the third stringers from 1980s. Yeah, movies. I said something earlier this morning about doing this. I am going to meet a a full fledged celebrity tonight. And I wanted you guys to guess and maybe do like a 20 questions thing. And Cassie goes, is it Carol Channing? <laughs> Which most people don't even know. Who I don't know who Carol yeah, Channing is. Yeah, you should. She's from like the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> but like you've got excited. Didn't you see Minnie Pearl in concert? No. There was some. There Ronnie was... Millsap. <laughs> I'm Googling all these who people. hit the pop charts in the 80s. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was some other old woman that you were really excited to meet. He had a crush Loretta on Lynn. The- no, Loretta Lynn. Loretta I know but that he had, one. A, he had a crush on like uh, one of the extras in St. Elmo's Fire. Whatever. <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> At least the people I like, Cassie, have talent, unlike Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, oh she's person. Her talent. Her, person. Fired. her talent today is on Instagram looking like a washed up stripper. And, and yet she's still richer <laughs> than you. So. It popped up yesterday in my feed. <laughs> Why are you bringing Britney into this? What did Britney got to do with this? Of course. Straight. All she's missing is a cigarette butt hanging out of her mouth and a frying pan and a hair <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. to my game. All right. <laughs> it's time to play What Celebrity is Tommy going to meet tonight? <laughs> All right. You guys get 20 questions. You get to go around the table. No gimmies this time. Okay. So, question um, number one, Bert. Is it somebody that's had a project in the last 40 years? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, you guys are going to eat your words. Mm. Okay, that's fine. This person is an A-lister. Are it, they alive? kidding. <laughs> <laughs> is it a woman? Yes. Do they have blonde hair? Sometimes. Some. Do they have blonde hair right now? I don't know. I haven't seen her yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, is she mostly known for music? No. Is oh. she over the age of 40? No. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, Tommy knows somebody that isn't a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> is she mostly known for movies? No. Oh, huh? what is she known for? Must, um, must be TV. Right? Oh, is she a theater actor, actress? Uh, she isn't known for that, no. TV. She may have worked in the theater. I, I'm not sure about that. But TV. Hit yeah. TV show. Yes. Okay. Ooh, okay. Is anybody keeping up with that many questions? We're on uh, seven. Four. We're on two. We need more. Okay. I, I, hit TV show. Yep. Under 40. Yep. Sometimes blonde and a woman. This is all we got. And a project in the last 40 years. Um, <laughs> does she also sing? I'd say no. Okay. She's not known for that. Was it a long-running TV series? I'd say yeah. I mean, decent, yeah. Is she of the Caucasian persuasion? Yes. <laughs> That's all Tommy hangs out. Hurry up. You got like two <laughs> minutes. Is she known for comedy? No. Mm. Not a funny lady. Mm. <laughs> um, an award winner? Yes. Now I'm intrigued. Mm. Was she the lead role in the series? Yes. Mm. Um, is she married to someone famous? Um, uh, oh. Were you going with no. Melissa? Were you going with Melissa McCarthy? 
Is that what you were thinking? No, oh. I was thinking Blake Lively, actually. Oh. Oh, yeah, like Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Does she have kids? No. Oh. Wait a minute. What? Was she? Did no, she's not married. She's not married. What? No. Was she ever married? No. Oh, it could, can be Jennifer Aniston. Could not be Jennifer Aniston, right? Never married. Oh, uh, because no you kids. said under 40. Right, 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 right. Hmm. All right, we're getting close on time. We got we got like a minute or so. Was her was the TV show she was on geared towards young adults? Yes. Ooh, who you got? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking Kiernan and Shipka. And like Gen Z knows who she is. Yes, I know who she is. She's rumored to be dating John Mayer, which is really. I would weird. say young adults Ew. and more, but yes, young adults is a big part of um, her audience. Like she, like a Gilmore Girl or something. Nope. Ooh, is she dating someone famous? Yeah, I think so. Is it Nina Dobrev? I've never uh, seen no. her blonde. No. That's true. Um, is this a show that was on the CW? Um, No. Is it hmm. Chloe Grace Moretz? No. I'm just going to start throwing getting, out blonde you're getting, actresses. You're getting closer. Ooh, we're getting closer. Okay. Is it Elle Fanning? No. Dakota Fanning? No. Dakota Johnson? No. Don Johnson. No. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a huge hint. We're waiting for her show to come back. We're waiting for her show to come back. Oh, are you? Is it Amelia Clark? No. Oh. Game of Thrones? I guess that's not coming back, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's kind of done. <laughs> Who is it? Go ahead. Millie Bobby Brass. No way! Oh, that's like a real celebrity. celebrity. That's a real celebrity. <laughs> Where and how? It's uh, part of the Marcus Jewish Community Center of Atlanta's uh, book festival they have every year. They have speakers come in. Um, I will have you know, Bert, that uh, Henry Winkler will also be appearing, and I've got tickets for that. The Fonz? But uh, 11 is tonight. Whoa. That's cool, dude. That's awesome, Tom. Yeah, so she's got a book uh, called 19 Steps, and you go and get the book and get it signed. Hello, I'm Jewish. No invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Get it. The Bert Show.